terrorism in Texas. Terrorism in Texas is a terrifying subject. It's not a new one by any means. But luckily, the doom saying in the fear porn have proven to be as toothless as every other psyop and um, end-of-the-world type scenario that the New World Order has ever devised and will ever devise because they are uh, only good at magic and hypnosis and very little else because the governing powers of the universe uh, give them no authority over that such. It's uh, it's much to their uh, cursed and Sisyphusian frustration that their dastardly plots <laughs> and evil schemes are always foiled, you know, by those meddling kids and their dog. Um, but no, like, <laughs> meddling kids, the Jesus and his apostles, <laughs> and their dog. That's right, Jesus and a dog. <laughs> they don't want to tell you that. The Book of Scoob. But, um... You know, in all, in all fairness, I do seriously just absolutely love and believe 100% in Jesus Christ. And thus, I understand it's Christ's kingdom, it's the logos of the universe. And because I am a uh, metaphysicist as well as a uh, researcher and in no way a skeptic, I absolutely 100% believe in predetermination, destiny, uh, fate, and higher powers influencing not only... Uh, grander schemes of reality playing out, but also even individual and and almost microscopic functions of our reality. Now, that being said, let's talk about terrorism in Texas, which is a very real subject grounded in reality. Um, and why it's fear porn, why it's absolute uh, bullshit, why it's um, being pushed and has been pushed well over 10 years well over 10 years is a decade old, and I am certain older than that. Uh, I have an account here to read about terrorism in Texas, because it's terrorism in Texas is real. It's a real crime. You can have terroristic threats against life and property. You can have terroristic uh, plots, conspiracies against the state, as well as federal government, as well as private citizens. Conspiracy to, to commit murder, for example, is conspiracy to commit murder, regardless of it's uh, politically backed or motivated. There have been things like um, politically motivated, arguably politically motivated kidnappings, and terroristic attacks and, uh, you know, straight up just mass murders and, and thrill kills and, and spree kills, etc. that were terroristic threats. Since Texas began, then um, that's just the case. That's just reality. That's just that. And you can argue about the different scenarios behind each and what really qualifies as terrorism. Uh, you know, define it as you will, but... Um, you know, arguably, terrorism has always existed in Texas. You know, the Texas snipers were, were called the Texas terror attacks. Um, Texas, you know, the Texas uh, the ter Texas Tower terror. Uh, you know, all those things. That that's that's absolutely the case. And even back into the Desperado days, 
Um, you could argue that the Banditos, for example, on the 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 art contested and uh, violent Mexican Texas border, when they would do raids over the border on horseback to rob, loot, and pillage um, settlements on the Nueces River, for example, and what would be eventually Corpus Christi, it was called Blucherville uh, back in the past. It was a German colony. They were doing so as terroristic attacks, terrorist raids, etc. On horseback with six shooters with the Winchesters, yes. Um, but that was a terrorist attack caused by racial and political, you know, divide between, and, and religious, and religious Catholic, and, and the Protestant uh, New Texas wave of immigrants, etc. And so, you know, there's a lot to it, right? The Germans, the, the Mexicans, who are actually Mexican nationals, you know, and everything like that. So, But also crime, the criminal element of robbing, looting, pillaging. Um, these are terroristic acts of intimidation, of extortion, of, uh, you know, warlord-esque violence. Right? So this is all basically programmed in Texas on a very fabric level, as well as Comanches. As well as the Comanches, I believe this is all... And one, one, one huge part, subconscious expression and manifestation of a psychological scar that white Anglo Tejanos, as well as Hispanic Tejanos, as well as Chicano um, Tejanos, um, Texas natives, Texans, um, they, they collectively share this terror and fear of being invaded. Uh, specifically by uh, foreign cultures, foreign religious cultures, too, who are not, like, absolutely other. Like, absolutely other in the sense of not just, like, the idea of the California, New York, U.S. to U.S. migration. That's not brought up. Millions of people are coming from California to New York State, from New York State to California, to Chicago, to Florida. All of them are coming to Texas, right, and everywhere in between. That's not... That's not feared. We don't think terrorism is coming from there. But I have a case that I'm going to read uh, immediately just so I can nail this point home and drive it home while, you know, hit it while the iron's hot. Is that that is the case we need to fear is America to America migration or American to Texas migration, rather, because I don't think Texas culturally is actually part of America. It's, uh, it's an independent nation that's been conscripted into the territories like Puerto Rico or Hawaii or Alaska. It's or even the West Coast. A lot of places in the West Coast, you know, the same thing. You know, even California, arguably, uh, Utah, for example, the Utah Territory was a nation that was even at war with the U.S. Army, even though it wasn't that, you know, uh, wasn't that massive of a war. It wasn't like full-on invasions and everything, but it was at war politically. Uh, with an exiled minority religious fringe group, basically, at the time, the cult of the Mormons. And uh, then they became a state, but culturally, I don't think they've ever truly assimilated. There's America, and then there's Utah. Um, you know, I think the same thing, there's America, and then there's Texas. Uh, same thing as America, and then there's Florida. You know, these are individual identities. Same thing, Florida. Florida was one of the few, last of the East Coast I think it was the last East Coast state to become a territory, become a colony uh, or a state. And it was, you know, fought over by the, against the Seminoles. There was this whole idea of Florida being Spanish and not uh, British in its origins, you know, in its colonies, for example. 
And even then, it's more Caribbean than it is um, Appalachian. But I digress. The Texas fear, the Texans fear, the collective subconscious fear of invasion originates from the Comanche and the Comancheria War. Uh, The Comanches were extremely horrifying. (laughs) I cannot understate this enough. The Comanches were probably the most frighteningly violent tribe of human beings to have ever lived. I cannot understate this assessment enough. And I'm not a fool or unread after having anthropologically studied and at least been made aware of literally almost every culture on Earth. Including many that are extinct and, you know, go into thousands of years into the past. I have to say... The Comanche are fucking hardcore. And they are absolutely nightmares uh, when it comes to the way they've treated other enemy combatants or just like everyone else who wasn't Comanche. (laughs) They treated other human beings in such a terribly violent and, and dehumanizing way. Uh, as to, like, almost be fucking insane. <laughs> like, it's it borders on complete insanity and, and a bloodlust that, if if not religious, if not completely misunderstood because of their complete violence and aberration as, as some kind of religious sacrifice or sacrament or something, um, borders on a shared tribal um, sadism that is uh, that is worth studying that is worth absolutely understanding as something that's that's not uh, universally represented by anyone really besides you know like, <laughs> that's not really how people work but uh, the Comanche did and the Comanches uh, attacked and fought Mexico for example for, for hundreds of years and so Mexico also has a lot to do with that shit, like when it comes to true Mexico, like the government and everything, and and how Mexicans operate because of this association with extreme violence. That was, uh, like, you know, if you met the Comanche, you you immediately were victimized and had to either fight back or were enslaved and murdered um, for your cowardice. <laughs> so that's a shared scarred trauma. Right, that's a shared fucking um, like that will never go away. I think genetically that re- that possesses the zeitgeist of Texans. It's very deep into it. It's uh, just like how Europeans process being bombed in World War Two, or how the Japanese process being nuked. You know, it's one of those things that it pre- it's prevalent in how we make our monsters is through the interpretation of this cultural scar. And um, this traumatic wound to to our identity and to our like you know entire worldview and like value system and stuff because they would 
torture us to death. They would kill us. They would raid our farms and the settlers, and we would be, they would destroy our forts, destroy our soldiers. They'd, they'd absolutely triumph over us and dominate us for decades. And uh, people, people don't think that. They think that, oh, the Texas Republic happened, and the Texans just ruled everything. No, the Texans lived basically in fear and submission of the Comanche until uh, the technology of the Colt repeater and the Winchester rifle uh, was created and um, the U.S. Cavalry started sending volunteers to train the Texas Rangers on, um, you know, cavalry tactics, etc. And basically what they did was start relying on terrorism and start attacking their horses and their women and children and their food supply. Like they started attacking literally unguarded camps because that was <laughs> the American government was like, that's how we kill Indians in America is we, we attack their children. And then when we kill the kids, they can't grow up. Like, eventually, they're just you know, going to get too old and die. And then they'll quit. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, it's easier to shoot a child than it is to shoot a uh, warrior or a brave. Um, but, yeah, this is a no doubt also explains the cruelty and the savagery of dehumanizing our enemy. Uh, as well as the Comanche were guilty of that. Obviously, they, they taught us that how to dehumanize one's enemy, how to attack them, uh, literally for the way of life. And um, this is this is in part what we're doing to this current invader, if you want to use that word, the quote-unquote invader, cultural invader of um, Muslims and, and followers of Islam as well as immigrants from Latin America, uh, typically Latinized South America, um, Venezuela particularly, but as well as the refugees at large at um, around the world, the international refugees that are coming through the Texas border, including Haitians, most likely Southern Africans, um, and the Chinese. Now, Those who are red-pilled, who are uh, based, who are K-pilled or whatever you guys want to say, will know the trigger of that statement, that the open Texas border has Haitians, it ha not, not just Mexicans, because that's Mexico, right? Not just Mexicans, but in fact, very few Mexicans, if not completely none, um, Mexicans do not make up a significant portion of the migrants to America. They don't. They're already here, or they e easily travel through travel visas, etc., which are... It's an open border between Mexico and the United States. They can come and go as they please, just like how Americans can come and go as they please through Mexico. It's part of the uh, NAFTA and part of the Greater North American um, Project. You can just go to Canada as well if you're an upstanding citizen. There's nothing wrong with you. Unless it's draconian, and I think Canada's even more draconian with its immigration than anyone else by these days. Um, but yeah, just like people forget, you can just come to America on a bus or on a plane and from Mexico, and just that's how you immigrated here. You got like a $99 plane ticket and just flew through an airport and just showed up because you can. No one's keeping you. You can also just drive uh, across the border. You know, if you had a car, everyone's watching this video of people on foot and everything. It's because those people traveled all this way to make a spectacle it's a psyop and those people were paid because they're not mexican they're paid uh by soros funded ngos that op 
operate internationally in the poorest South American countries, along with missionaries, etc., like in uh, Peru, in Colombia, in Venezuela, in uh, you know El Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Honduras, uh, Haiti. Haitia is one of them. Um, you know, all of them, like the Dominican Republic, etc. They all live, and they operate internationally in the poorest of the poor, literally in villages where there's no paved roads. Everyone walks around without shoes and shit. And ostensibly, they provide medical care, education, you know, support, you know, charity stuff like that, outreach programs. Um, and what they do is they're paid and incentivized to recruit these people to come to America or Europe because this thing was already happening in Europe and Africa. Same thing was happening in Africa with uh, North Africans and the George Soros printed NGOs, the EU sponsored NGOs, US sponsored NGOs, Israel sponsored NGOs would go educate these people. You know, they're already setting up schools. That's where all the things like, you know, donate to UNICEF, donate to all these Amnesty International, donate to the UN relief funds, Angelina Jolie schools, etc. And what they're doing is they're lying. They're not telling you the truth is that what they're doing is that they incentivize these people, like, you know, educate them enough in American society, uh, give them this huge, like, apple pie American dream. Like, they just give you money. There's jobs everywhere. You can just go live wherever you want. There's no bad people with guns. Like, it's just totally safe and cool in the suburbs and all that stuff. And they fill their head with it. They show them maps and, and videos of the U.S. They show them YouTube videos. They show them, like, all movies and stuff. So these people become, like, really, like, almost basically MK Ultra and hypnotized into, into focusing on America as the classic ideal. Come to America, the streets are paved with gold, you know, Statue of Liberty, etc. And these people number in the millions. And, like, they were so poor in their own societies, or criminal in their own societies, or outcast, or marginalized minorities. Yes, racism exists literally everywhere. And um, the idea of an excluded racial minority is typically that of aboriginal in, in Latin American and Hispanic society. So it's like these people are villagers from tribes that refused or, or difficult to assimilate when the Spanish were colonizing for hundreds of years. And by this point, they're basically excluded from all of society in Venezuela, for example, except for prisons. And a lot of them make up the ghettos and slums and like, you know, of Caracas and stuff like that. Like that's the thing. Like they're not all, I just, I meant, like they're not all like innocent little villagers and women and children and families. They're almost not. They're almost not. It's men. It's millions of... When they started, were young men. Yeah, boys. But now have grown in the last, like, 10 to 20 years. So this all started during the Global War on Terror and this great outreach program and the charities when George Soros really started taking over. Yeah, they were boys. They were teen, They were teenagers. They were little kids. But now they're in their 20s. Now they're in their 30s. Now they're grown men who are acting, getting orders, getting paid, getting charge cards, getting uh, clothing, getting food, you know, rations and supplies, getting maps, being told when to meet schedules, when to rally and everything, when they're going in these big groups that are unstoppable by the local police and stuff. Um, they have the orchestration set up by these NGOs from start to finish, and that's why all these people are coming. It's because they're being told to. They're being ordered to. This is all organized, right? But instead of addressing that 
instead of targeting that, the culprit for this massive wave of immigration, which is the New World Order, which is the EU, which is Israel, which is the USA deep states, and uh, various billionaire, millionaire, uh, trillionaire type uh, agendas like the Clinton Foundation, um, the Obamas and their charities, Oprah Winfrey, Angelina Jolie, Madonna, all these different, like literally thousands of different pieces of a puzzle that create the international, like, refugee aid situation, or international, like, you know, uh, relief and charity aid in Africa. And if you look into the news, actually, a lot of countries that are becoming more and more independent and powerful are kicking groups like this out of their country. Russia kicked out all their NGOs. Uh, it made it illegal for NGOs to operate in Russia because they're agents of, of basically – they're spy agencies. They're basically human trafficking agencies. They look at NGOs that operate in Ukraine. What do they do? They're just setting up orphanages. They're setting up schools. They're setting up groups like that. The UN is a huge human trafficking network from uh, war orphans and refugees. And they, they traffic them into certain areas where they can be exploited by organized crime groups like Armenia. Like during uh, Serbia, Kosovo, they were taking the war orphans and the families, the women, and bringing them to Armenia. And Armenia is uh, famous for having an extremely high rate of human trafficking, prostitution, sex work, uh, pornography, etc. And they are basically giving these defenseless, familyless little girls and women straight to the wolves. Um, with no oversight, just here you're and, and praising them and being like, oh, they're so charitable for taking in these these refugees and everything, but everyone else, like undesirables, older women, families, men, stuff like that, were left literally in fields in the winter in Serbia, Kosovo, like five hundred thousand people were just like left outside walking around Europe, not allowed in the borders and stuff, and uh, preyed upon and picked off by the other genocidal like warlords and stuff. So. So don't 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 buy their bullshit. This is an operation. This is this is just like that. But what is an operation for? Right? Is it is it terrorism? Is is it really an attack? But it is, and I believe it is. I believe it really is. Um but it's not like what you think. And it has nothing to do with Muslims, but they always want a secret to that creation, that conclusion. I believe that this is um to create tensions. This is to create such division and weaken a very successful economy in a land that is blessed with very spacious territory, ample natural resources, great cultural and people environment, great humanitarian environment, like just great standards of living, very polite people, very, very law-abiding People, even in the even in the worst neighborhoods, it's still not as bad as say in California. Definitely never in L.A. There's there's literally no place in Texas, even in the worst places of Houston or Dallas, that look anything like Los Angeles. Even in the good parts, <laughs> like I mean, like like Los Angeles fucking sucks. That's a third world country shithole. You can't you can't do what they do in California, like in San Francisco and shit. You can't do what they do in te in California, in Texas, on the streets. You can't shoot up. You can't take a shit. You can't do that. You would be on the fucking pavement because the cops here are an aggressive fascist state. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's the point. It's that we have a system that's culturally scarred uh, by the Camancheria, by the Camancheria Wars.
um, has no enemy to fight except for its own people and this is 100% what they're wishing to exploit they're going to bring in this massive surge of millions and millions I think it's already at point like 3 million or something like that 3 million people from not Mexico which is too similar of society um, Mexicans are fully welcomed in Texas Mexicans travel freely through Texas. Mexicans are an integral part and a well-respected societal member of Texas. They have restaurants, and uh, everyone likes them. And, and I say, like, man, I like their music, but everyone likes them and generally thinks it's fun. And, and like, yeah, everyone, like, literally vibes with that kind of shit. It's not, you're never going to find a place that has anti-Mexican violence except even the most white supremacist, far-off, East Texas, West Texas type, um, you know, KKK compounds, but that's not going to be the masses of 30 million people. What you're going to see are uh, cultures that have never ever been represented in Texas before, that are not Mexican, that are as different from each other as Mexicans are from Cubans, Mexicans are from Puerto Ricans, Mexicans are from Venezuelans, Mexicans are from, you know, Guatemalans, Hondurans, El Salvadorans, um, you know, Haitians, um, which are French, you know, in, in origin. And it's just basically, it's going to be a lot, a lot of bullshit. It's going to be a lot of violence. It's going to be a lot of gang violence. It's going to be mostly gang violence and everything. And that's going to breed over into uh, such a negative social impact that they're going to hope that there literally are running gun battles in the street, that they're going to hope that there are um, massive political uh, demonstrations against uh, prosecution or racism or, you know, um, requiring the increase of police, requiring the increase of uh, domestic surveillance uh, and undercover police work and stuff like that, requiring these minorities to engage in more and more crime to survive. And, you know, they're going to bring Venezuelan organized crime tactics. They're going to bring the Colombian organized crime in here. They're going to bring Haitian organized crime. They're going to bring all this stuff in. Absolutely. And that, that is really what this is, not the fact that these people are terrorists, but these people are, in fact, mobsters, gangsters, uh, from the prison systems, hardened criminals. And the Texas landscape, as I mentioned before, is absolutely a gangster's paradise. Lots of wide open land, cultural institutions of being left alone, and being individualistic, and being independent, and, you know, not not looking over your neighbor's fence, quote-unquote, and in many ways, but even the cops, you know, if they're a police state, it's just 30 million people. It's both big and small at the same time. Um, the cities are massive and huge. They have huge populations for customers, as well as um, and racially and ethnically diverse, and no one crosses anyone's eyes if they show up. It's like, yo, so a person from Mexico can drive from Mexico to Dallas, um, you know, in a day or, or two and do for shopping, for quote-unquote shopping, maybe seeing some family and drive all the way back across the border. That happens hundreds of thousands of times a day. 
that is it's literally that much like it the crossing the border doing that traveling around all that stuff it's just absolutely untraceable it's 100% socially acceptable just like southern california right that's not the terrorism that they're talking about but that is the immigration refugee crisis the terrorism they're talking about is zionist fueled nonsense it's propaganda and that muslims are going to use this surge of NGO-created, uh, um, Western-created, New World Order-created uh, American refugees, right? Like Western Hemisphere refugees. Travel from the Middle East <laughs> to South America. Travel from the Middle East uh, into Mexico. And travel from the Mexican border across the Texas border. Well, they'll then use the illegal immigrant status they have to uh, create terror cells in Texas to commit acts of terror. And this is 100% bullshit. This is a decade-long bird whistle to try to attract the far-right and the neocons into further supporting Zionism, further supporting Israel and the American police state of the Patriot Act era, neocon, America 20, 21st century of America, um, after 9-11, that Texas really, really embraced and never, ever let go. There are, for example, so many FBI fusion centers in Texas. There are so many Department of Homeland Security centers in Texas, so many FBI offices in Texas, so many ATF agents, so many uh, Border Patrol Customs Service people like that that have, I mean, the Border Patrol people have a lot to do now, but everyone else has fucking nothing to do, really. And it's hard to justify so much funding even though I fully believe it's justified in that there are actual plots and conspiracies and groups and gangs and extremists all happening and that it's all going to blow up very, very soon. I will say that 100% it's all engineered that way and it's all 100% known about and, and you will never know about it, typically. I will never know about it now as a civilian. But there are shootouts, there are hostage situations, there are undercover cops, um, you know, both both beginning, uh, you know, their years-long worth of surveillance as well as getting killed all the time. Um, there are high-tech, you know, acts of espionage between nations like the communist Chinese and the U.S. federal government all the time occurring in Texas. Very burn notice style. It's just the shadow world we live in. Um, but that'll all be very open very soon. That'll all be blown open very soon once that's all that goes down. Um, you know, Texas becomes independent and stuff like that. That'll be all made aware of the shadow state of the deep state that operates simultaneously in the Republic of Texas, in the state of Texas. And this is a... You know, this is a fact. This is a fact. But yeah, they have nothing really to do. That doesn't really exist in Texas. There is no Muslim extremism in Texas. There's no ISIS in Texas. There's no Al-Qaeda in Texas. There's no rebel groups in Texas. And the ones that do exist, like, I believe they do exist. I believe that there are Muslim Brotherhood members in Texas. I believe that there are, in the 500,000 uh, Texans that exist, a few... Highly organized, intelligent, very well trained foreign agents 
of Muslim governments. Yes, I absolutely believe that. But they're not coming through the fucking Mexican border. They're coming through on work visas. Are they permanently citizens of Texas by birth by this point in time? Working, educated in America, living their lives in America full time as deep infiltrated sleeper agents of the very many of very many superpowers that exist in the Middle East that wanted to keep an eye on Texas either through OPEC OPEC corporate espionage that's right I'm bringing at that angle corporate petroleum industry espionage espion agents of Middle Eastern and Muslim descent that work for British petroleum that's right British Petroleum, and they're literally armies of British loyal Arabs, most of which they brought over from Pakistan and educated in Saudi Arabia. Here, do you want a lot of desert? Yeah, come, come, fucking be basically slaves and and mandarins for the British Empire in Egypt and shit. We'll give you a huge plot of land on the Nile. And they're like, you know, yes, boss. What about Iran? Because that's been an issue since the Carter administration. And I'm pretty sure that they're strategic enough to have established some kind of inside source. In some law firm somewhere. Or some political candidate office or something. And I know that... This is playing into that, oh, well, there is terrorism, but they're not coming through the fucking border. These are highly sophisticated intelligence operatives that work in high-stakes corporate espionage. These are first-class, tier-one spies. This is real-life James Bond shit. You have Pakistani intelligence. You have Iranian intelligence. You have Saudi Arabian intelligence. You have Lebanese intelligence. You have Egyptian intelligence. You have Libyan intelligence. That for the last 100 years of Zionist aggressions into the Middle East as well as British and American occupation... And corporate aggressions. Let's not even say Israel was the only thing that's... Yeah, Israel did not start it. American trade, American oil interests, uh, British uh, trade started this shit with Lawrence of Arabia era shit. Yeah, they've known and had their sights set on the West as enemies of their culture and their nations. Yeah, they sent spies. Yeah. All the oil refineries. All the engineering firms. Anyone who employs an educated Arabic or Muslim person is logically potentially infiltrated by these groups. Does it? It makes it a lot scarier, right? Than, than thinking it. It's only uh, you know, like ravenous zealots who you know clearly look like they're in ISIS with like the ninja outfit on and the bandanas and stuff running across the border with suicide bombs. No, these men have corporate power. They're the they're the accountants and the lawyers and the 
um, engineers and the project leaders and construction heads of constru- I mean, like leaders and heads of construction companies, their executives, um, their their computer engineers that work on entire operating systems uh, for fucking refineries, chemical refineries, that all they need to do is push a button and they can, say, increase the pressure on valves by 10%, which would cause a cataclysmic meltdown of um, some sector of refinery that would cause a huge explosion. And they work with loyalties towards, say, the Pakistani intelligence service. Or maybe they're Yemeni Houthi rebels. They're Yemeni by origin. They were raised in America as Yemeni exiles during a failed coup against the dictator, say, maybe 40 years ago. And these are the children of those parents who escaped persecution and torture. But they're millionaires and they're brilliant engineers. And they're very well respected. And no one knows where Yemen is or the history of Yemen or that it is, in fact, a enemy of the United States and Saudi Arabia. So this hypothetical person uh, is the son of this, you know, exiled family. He's raised in America, has full amnesty, you know, as a refugee. He gets educated in engineering, say, at Texas A&M University. And say that person then goes on to work at a refinery, say, in Port Neches, Texas. And then that person uh, is watching very closely from 2011 to 2018 um, the events go down in Yemen with Saudi Arabians bombing and starving their their people until it's the worst humanitarian crisis you know in the world. And they, having already developed the network, speaking the language, feel as if it's their jihadist duty to press that button and cause the Port Neches explosion. And it probably wouldn't even be traced back to them because of their sterling and outstanding professional history, as well as the fact that they are a protected uh, minority. It would be racist to assume that Habibi <laughs> is a terrorist, wouldn't it? That Alibaba is... You know, a terrorist, because of course it'd be racist to think that, man. It's 2018. Stop thinking that Muslims are terrorists. I know, ironically, because I'm saying Muslims aren't terrorists and they're not coming through the fucking border, but yeah, Muslims are terrorists. That's a thing with terrorists. They are from Arabic nations, but who isn't a terrorist? Violence is terror. If you are a freedom fighter, you're a terrorist. If you are an Irish person in the IRA, you are a terrorist. If you're a British occupier in the British Marine Corps, you are a terrorist. I was in the U.S. Navy for nearly four years, and I was a terrorist in uniform paid by the federal government and the U.S. taxpayer to be a terrorist. In my time in the service, we not only killed Muhammad Gaddafi in an illegal invasion of the U.S. as the USA as the grand total we, specifically with the U.S. Navy involved. We also began bombing of Yemen began the sponsored creation of ISIS, helped out in the bombings of Gaza, helped out in the surge and bombings in Iraq and Afghanistan, helped bomb Somalia, helped bomb Ethiopia, and we're sending special forces, Navy SEAL specifically, 
into Yemen. This was also a time when Yemen kicked America out by force, forcing the U.S. Marines to retreat from the embassy after laying down their arms. This is something that's never, ever been reported, as far as I can tell, by the mainstream press. The U.S. Marines had to lay down their rifles in a public show of submission to an overwhelming Yemeni force who we now call terrorists. Because that's the thing. It doesn't matter if they're the overwhelming majority. The Americans call their enemies terrorists. Because it's an act of dehumanization. And instead of understanding that in a different light, the, Yemen, the Yemeni Houthis, the dominant tribe, the majority tribe, kicked out the American terrorists, made them lay down their arms, and made the American invaders leave their holy lands, their sacred lands, their homelands. It's all propaganda. Terrorism is just a word. All violence is terrorism. All use of force to control anyone in their mind is a, is terrorism. These politicians are terrorists. The ones that are telling us that Muslims are an enemy people. When in reality, they support Zionism. They support Israel. That is the true terrorist. And yes, I've just laid out that scenario of a potential Islamic jihadist. All right, it's based on a national Middle Eastern interest compounded with that. But I know full well, having the imagination for that, having the mind for that, the true source, just like how I know about the refugees, about the migrants crossing our border, where the true source comes from, where the wellspring is, we're going to put the responsibility, we're going to put the blame. That our leaders in Texas, Governor Shabbat, Governor Greg Abbott, or I call Shabbat, Shabos Goy, Governor Goy Shabos, he is a terrorist. 100%. Dan Crenshaw, a terrorist. 100%. Ted Cruz, a terrorist, 100%. I can keep going on. Every single conservative, far-right, or warhawk, liberal Democrat, far-left, that supports Israel in their continued genocide of the Palestinians in illegally invaded and occupied Palestine is a terrorist and supports terrorism. They support the terroristic use of violence to control and enforce a discriminatory social order based on racial and religious superiority or at least proclaimed self-proclaimed religious and uh, racial superiority against minorities or others they have eschewed peaceful coexistence with outright exploitation and murder 
And no matter how the propaganda machine wants to paint them, Israel is a terrorist, racist, apartheid state. Mossad sponsors terrorism against Iran and against other Middle Eastern nations like Lebanon. They do. They engage in violations of human rights. They engage in war crimes. They engage in mass psychological indoctrinations and PSYOP campaigns in the West. They engage in false flag attacks and terrorism. They engage in illegal assassinations. They engage in um, even illegal nuclear weapons developments and manufacture. That's right. They have illegal nuclear weapons. The same thing that we get pissed off at Iran about, North Korea, etc. Israel is basically the North Korea that America likes. And if America was guilty of what they were doing to the Palestinians, you would see another civil war in America. Because that's exactly what caused the first civil war, according to our textbooks. Because it is akin to slavery. It's just fucking as bad. And they want to do that in Texas against their Muslim population. That is what the saber-rattling, that is what the speaking leaders, Governor Greg Shabbat and Down, want. They have forced in their terroristic way into law the state's support of a terrorist, racist, apartheid state, Israel, and the anti-Israel, or anti-Israel boycott law, whatever it's called, Attorney General Ken Paxton um, successfully defended it against an um, appeal recently in the federal court system. But basically, like many other conservative states, there is a law put into writing that you cannot either as a, as a professional or as a person or as an operator or as an NGO or whatever, uh, operate any group, corporation, business, whatever, that is eligible for funding or state sponsorship if you support boycotting Israel in any way. This is a highly specific law, right? Basically, you have to support Israel. You can't openly boycott anything Israel does or speak against Israel as an NGO or as a group or as a corporation or as a, gr a company and expect the Texans... Uh, you, you are just ineligible. You are disqualified from all funding. There's no Texan taxpayer money going to you. There's no federal funding for the arts or for NGOs or for charities, etc. You do not... Uh, you do not qualify legally for any assistance because we require a loyalty oath to the state of Israel and the people of Israel to the Zionist government of Israel 
in Texas, which is a foreign nation, by the way. We have to pledge allegiance and loyalty to a foreign nation. It is the law in Texas. A terrorist, racist, apartheid nation that has apparently conquered Texas without firing a shot and politically mandated the symbolic submission of every single Texan. to their states the state of Israel this comes as some surprise because statistically when you look at it Jews and citizens of Israel or anyone right they're citizens of Israel disqualified there's so few of those right with, with Israeli citizens literally numbering in the tens maybe the hundreds uh, but all officially census taken Jews that lived in Texas by 2020 numbered less than 200,000 people. That, in fact, it was 175,000 people. It was 0.001% estimated, approximately, meaning that it's such a small amount of people out of the 30 million Texans that live in, currently in Texas as to, as to be the smallest uh, fraction measurable in the census when it comes to population. Yet these people in their faith and their representative state of Israel, regardless if they support Israel or not, right? They were just officially Jewish. No one asked if they supported Israel, right? Because it's it's not necessarily 100%. You don't, and I understand that. I'm smart enough to understand. I post that shit all the time. They're Torah Jews, the Torah Judaism, that uh, does not believe in Israel. That's always, they will never say Israel. They'll say Palestine and the illegal Zionist-occupied Israeli government. This is not a railing against the Jews. This is just statistics that the Jews who are eligible <laughs> for the Israeli state citizenship that, ex that, you know, Israel exists to facilitate for, right? Let's not, let's not get stupid at this point, too. Israel is a Jewish state. It is made for the Jews, so the eligible citizens that exist, the number of Jews that exist in Texas are less than 200,000 people, 0.001%, the smallest level, smallest number that could be registered on the census. Muslims are 500,000 throughout the state of Texas, population-wise. Like, you know, census-wise registered at 500,000 officially so why the Texas submission and loyalty why the proclamations and the public rallying like the like the, the public uh, not even a rallying the public endorsement the official endorsement the state sponsorship from our Remember, so-called democratically elected Republican uh, government, right? And I mean that Republican not as the political party, but in that they are representatives elected to support or to represent the the constituents of their of their you know counties, 
populations, communities, fairly, honestly, and respectfully towards the nuances and realities that face those communities? Why do they have a loyalty to a foreign racist apartheid state that has such a small possible population in a state of 30 million people that they officially make it illegal to boycott them if you wish to benefit from any state uh, funding at all. Democratically, they would support their Muslim constituents. They would support the larger Muslim population as representatives of law-abiding, successful, model citizens. Because overwhelmingly, they are. And overwhelmingly, Texans do respect and admire Muslims. Who diligently keep our businesses, properties, communities, ways of life. They've assimilated very well. They're productive, profitable citizens that make their communities generally better. But across Texas, universally, they are hated, hated and feared. by the Zionist-occupied quote-unquote leaders of the Zionist-occupied Texas. The governor, the attorney general, the state representatives, the senators, the congressmen of Texas, all universally support Israel. Which is completely undemocratic and unrepresentative of the populations at large. And they are all pushing the idea that terrorists are going to come across the southern border, which is bullshit. 100% bullshit. The similar psychological operation from the elite has been going on in Hollywood uh, with the movie Sicario featuring uh, terrorist suicide bombers being caught by the Border Patrol, uh, which is an event that never has happened as well as the mainstream fake news, the Alex Jones-level bullshit psyops, where they featured um, reporters going to the border and walking across the Rio Grande in ISIS garb and praying with flags, etc., while no one stopped them, even though it was clear it was a film psyop, and it, complete nonsense that Alex Jones was pushing from 2014 to, I'd say, about 2017, solid, where they were saying that ISIS had training camps right below the border and that they were training for a full-on assault with the cartels and that they were going to make uh, you know, a full push to take over uh, new Azteca with uh, the Mexicans and the Muslims and everything, and they were going to kill all the white people, basically. Um, never happened, never was going to happen, was complete horseshit. It was complete bullshit, 100%. And it's it's dangerous, terroristic, catcalling, and fucking uh, race-baiting, and it's discrimination, 
And it's illogical. Because there's 500,000 Muslims in Texas and only 200,000 Jews or states of Israel potential supporters. But yet, it has such a vice-like grip on the imaginations, all these Zionist talking points, all these which have become universally accepted as conservative, right-wing, Christian, racist, like white papal, white power type talking points. This is this protection of Israel, even though Israel, if they're a nation of Jews, does not accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And if you listen, read the Bible, you know that Jesus Christ in John 8, 4, 4, called Jews the children of Satan, the synagogue of Satan, is mentioned, um, they say they are Jews and they are not, you know, the idea of this, this vile, corrupt institution proclaiming itself to be the church of God, but actually killing Jesus Christ, the son of God, Judas, the Pharisees, King Herod, all the, the corrupt and evil people in the Bible are 100% Jews, uh, even the nation of Israel and uh, the history of Israel in the Old Testament really paints a terrible picture of this this people who are profligate and apostate, you know, at every turn. So how are they the heroes in the cultural region of the Middle East when Islam actually worships Jesus, Isa ibn Maryam, as the Messiah and holds him as the, literally the son of God, just like he were dead and resurrected, just the miracle worker, etc., all of it, 100%. And in their lineage, trace themselves back closer to Christianity than Judaism ever was. Judaism is Christianity that rejects Jesus uh, and remade itself in its image uh, without Jesus and left out, like basically took the Old Testament and left out the New Testament rather than was the Old Testament with the New Testament added on. And Islam is spiritually a brother of Christianity, whereas Judaism is more a um, stepchild you know, genetically unrelated, just kind of living in the same house, and you know, the same household. Uh, but yet, Christian Zionism, Christian identityism, Christian Anglicism, that is, in Southern Baptism, are basically the Shavos Goy, the, the apostate church of the Gentiles that control Texas politically, uh, that produce the money, the funding, and everything, and create the laws. And because of their terrorism, their support of terrorism, the support of the, the Israel terrorism, and their support of the global war on terror, which was the greatest act of terrorism ever committed against the world uh, by the West, they universally support Israel. So we live under a terrorist sponsor state. <laughs> Texas sponsors terrorism in the racist apartheid terror state of Israel. Against the majority Muslim populations when compared to the extreme minority Jewish populations that rule with tyranny of law and tyranny of um, literal the, the, you know, criminal justice system as well as the controlling of the money you can't get any more you know, Israeli than that, controlling of the money and state funds of Texas it's fucking incredible, you can't make this shit up so let's get into it. Let's read into it. Let's read some articles to help explore the subject and everything, but that's basically two cents to understand after this last hour. Terrorism is real. Terrorism exists in Texas. Absolutely. There are two kinds of terror. There are many kinds of terror, actually. 
Let's say that there are many kinds of terror, terror because you can infinitely divide it into its unique substances. Well, let's say there's two kinds, international and domestic. That's an easy way of dividing it, right? You didn't think I was going to say that. International from foreigners, foreigners operating on your own soil, committing terrorism in your land, in your, in your nation, in your country, you know, however they are going to do it, whatever scale. Uh, very famously, the idea of like a terrorist coming, doing 9-11 from Saudi Arabia or from Afghanistan or wherever. And, uh, you know, that, that whole like idea, right? Like they come from abroad, they come from, say, Pakistan, they come to America, immigrate across the border illegally, bring an atomic bomb in the butthole or something and blow it up in Dallas. And <laughs> that's, oh my God, ISIS attacked us with a butthole atomic bomb. Um, from Iran or whatever, you know, they brought it from Iran and they put it in their buttholes and they snuck it across from Mexico and they bombed Dallas. That's international terrorism, right? Right. State sponsored or religious or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it, at that point it's international, right? It's international. And then there's domestic terrorism and domestic terrorism, which is a much more realistic threat, which happens from people within America who have been radicalized or driven to extreme political ideologies, either by circumstance or by, um, you know, just fate or by voluntary, like, you know, intentional, intelligent Americanization of politics. These are homegrown horrors. These are terrorists, extremists, just like there are murderers, just like there are criminals, just like how there are thieves, just like how there are robbers. Right now, someone is planning to hold a gun to somebody and steal all their money at a shop. And they live in America, and they were raised in America by American culture. They bought an American weapon in America. And they are going to do this to an American. You know, this is domestic. This is domestic terrorism. Right? That's domestic crime. This is, this is domestic terrorism. They are Americans. They, they, they bought weapons in America. They are planning to do some kind of act of violence, which would qualify as terror, religious or political or whatever. They're going to do that to other Americans. <coughs> this is domestic. Domestic terrorism. The Oklahoma City bombing, perfect example of domestic terrorism. This American was a soldier. He was in the U.S. Army. He was radicalized politically and religiously after the events of the Waco City cult you know, Branch Davidian ATF fight and battle, or, and he saw that personally. He was in Waco when that happened. Radicalized, joined white supremacist networks, developed a bomb, a massive bomb, if we were to believe the story, alone. But we know that he had a huge network of connections in, in Elohim City and right power networks around uh, the country. And he, you know, was also a patsy and part of a CIA psyop, etc., but, yeah, he definitely, um, if you believe the story, was a domestic terrorist. Definitely. He didn't speak any other languages. He's as American as they come. Timothy McVeigh. Right? That's domestic terrorism. That is far more likely. That has always been historically the most, the only represented terrorism in America, to be honest. Uh, that has actually been, like, by, by and large, the overwhelming majority of terrorism anywhere in the world is domestic terrorism regarding domestic wherever they're they're from, you know, their own locality and stuff. 
And that's definitely the case even today. So what I'm saying is that the domestic terrorism, uh, the terrorism that Texas really faces, the threat of terrorism that Texas truly faces, that is not from the international Muslim world, the Muslim resistance, the Islamic resistance, the, the African uh, groups or South America or whatever. Venezuela is not bringing over a bunch of terrorists to, like, sabotage the Texas infrastructure. They're just literally, they don't give a shit where their prisoners go. <laughs> they don't want them in the state anymore. They've already been a subjugated caste, a discriminated caste, and the lower class in society. So if they go to America, yeah, they're going to send all of them. Yeah, they, Venezuela's helping send their, like, they cleared out all their prisons, cleared out all their ghettos, cleared out all their, their state, you know, support facilities, et cetera, mental homes and stuff like that, and send them all to America. Those are just criminals. Those are just cons. Those are just assholes and antisocial people, rapists, murderers, et cetera, thieves, uh, people uh, like gypsies, nomads, vagabonds, uh, basically the dregs, right? They sent that. They're not sending state-sponsored terrorists. There's not going to be a, a Venezuelan special forces intelligence officer in there. Um, you know, if they do, they're going to fly an airplane as a passenger and just come through the respected channels. The Venezuela, if it's sending a spy, is going to send one with a fake passport. They're not going to tell you they're from Venezuela. The Venezuela is a competent country. They're not sending foot soldiers in across the border. They have a uniformed mil military that follows the Geneva Convention because they're part of, like, you know, BRICS. And, like, they're, they're, they're a real country that operate like real countries do, officially, like, you know, above board with, with a lot of pomp and circumstance. Like, they have... <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, it's not like they need to resort to this kind of shit. Like, they don't. They, they're never going to. It's, it's so... Same with Iran. Iran isn't sending terrorists across the Mexican border as I've made my point clear they're just that's just preposterous that's a bullshit idea what they're doing though is is flooding their unwanted civilians into America that's true and it's being allowed and being coordinated uh, by new world order administrative types billionaires charities etc that are all part of the new world order uh, destabilization program project 2030 to cause violence in Texas to cause intentionally riots in the street, to cause spikes in crime, to cause massive influxes in organized crime and police that need to tackle and fight that crime. They want mob wars. They want gangland type shit. They want surveillance undercover work. They want the police to operate like the NYPD operated during its 20th century which is a vast army. They wanted the LAPD style in Texas. They want that for Houston. They want that for Dallas. They want that for Austin. They want the Texas Rangers to get more funding because they operate like a SWAT team and an investigative intelligence agency. They want uh, the Texas State Army to get more funding because they have to operate as a counterterrorism unit, thus becoming more of a special forces operation unit, thus getting a lot more funding and toys and training, etc. Instead of just basically a, a glorified, not even a glorified, a second-rate National Guard. 
let's just say that, a second-rate National Guard with only hundreds, if barely breaking thousands of, of actual enlisted officers and personnel. Texas State Army is non-existent, right? But they need that funding. They want that money. They need to create an enemy. And that enemy perfectly presented itself at the border. And if you actually watch it, it's very pathetic because you have these armed, uniformed Texas State Guardsmen and uh, Border Patrol agents and Texas police. And, and they're, like, throwing razor wire out and, like, you know, making all this big pomp and circumstance of, of controlling the border. And then the federal government just sends their police officers, the, the federal agents of the Border Patrol, to just undo what the cops just did just to undo what the texas guard just like the texas guard lays out a bunch of barbed wire and like you know they have like rifles they have the battle rifles the ar-15s the you know the, the m4s the kevlar helmets and they're walking around their sandy you know tans and uh you know like acting all tough and then the border patrol comes and just like cuts the wire and takes it down and just tells them to stand down and they do they have to obey them because it's a legal order from a federal officer and they're just a guy playing an army man it's not like a real soldier who's going to shoot to kill one of these people if they cross the line uh they cross the wire and it's like they're not going to shoot to kill to protect the border from the border patrol agent who's american Who's, oh, who outranks them because the USA outranks Texas. This is a complete dog and pony show. This is 100% theater. This is all bullshit. 100% bullshit. The entire border crisis, complete bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely both manufactured by the New World Order to create the chaos inside Texas to, to try to rob Texas of its literally God-given peace and its prosperity through multiple means, both realistically, violently, with these people who are just shitbag criminals, and with ourselves, the local citizens overreacting, hyperventilating, creating militias, attacking these people and stuff like that. And then uh, it's all because the police state endorses it too. They benefit from it. They get the money. This is all what I'm trying to say, summarize it all. Right, and then then they're saying, "Oh, it's Muslims now. It's not really the Venezuelans because they know that's preposterous. The Central Americans are not terrorists. It's not FARC from Colombia coming through the border. It's not cartels. They realize that the fuck cartels need to sneak across the border for the fucking cartels just drive a truck across the border, a nice one, and because they're U.S. citizens, you dumb fucks, <laughs> you dumb fucks." It's an open border. You can do that. If you're a Mexican citizen, you can just drive across. You're fine. <laughs> you don't even need paperwork. You don't need to even need to know a reason. You just, yeah, I'm, I'm just visiting. Got to go to the mall. <laughs> okay. It's okay. <laughs> like, it's like, um, yeah, America's going to invade Mexico. To a, like they, they want that shit, too. America is going to invade Mexico with special forces and shit like that. And they realize just how preposterous that fucking sounds because it's been going on for the last 60 years. So they, they haven't done it yet. They're not going to. Although I still think they might and will just to save face once America actually does get its ass kicked straight out of the Middle East. And uh, as we start losing more and more territory, especially European sovereignty, we're just going to say we're, we're going to invade Mexico because America needs to act tough 
and and fight an enemy, quote unquote, that's actually our best friend. And Mexico has been owned. We've already invaded Mexico before. Uh, this was it'd be the Mexican War too, basically. <laughs> it would it would be Mex- the U.S. invading Mexico part two. Um, history repeats itself. And back then it was a fake ass war. And back then it was completely fake. It was 100% a theatrical war. Uh, but I'm not going to even go into that. The theatrics of all the history, right? Everything Texas has ever done and the USA has ever done is basically bullshit. 100%. Um, that's what the Freemasons do. The Freemasons are theatrical magicians who hypnotize people with lies. All magic ultimately is a lie. It is bullshit. It makes you believe in an entire contextual situation that's a distraction from the real operations hidden from your naked eye, usually by the thinnest of veils, usually just under a table. And if you just look under the table, you can see that, right? So I hope you guys can see that now and not buy into that fear porn against the border and all that stuff. But the terror storms in Texas, that's been a prediction. That's, and the reason why I believe that is because it's, I'm not an idiot. I've, I've lived in Texas my entire life. Um, it's just, it's never happened and it's never going to happen. I know Muslims. I know Muslims personally. And as I study Islam, uh, as someone who's even fought in the global war on terror, as someone who was in the global war on terror, someone who survived 9-11, not survived, but I wasn't 14 years old when 9-11 happened. I watched that shit happen. You know, that's it. Like, I, I fall into the bullshit, too. Never again. Never again am I going to fall into the Zionist bullshit. You know, it's it's not... It's like, I'm not going to buy into the fucking propaganda. I was more mercenary than anyone else. I, I, I'd never really believed in the global war on terror bullshit. And I never really was patriotic. I was more mercenary, and it was more of just a career as well as, you know, warriors always seek out war, and there's only one way we wanted to do that in America. You can either be an armchair commando, an autistic loser, or you can actually go and just volunteer and sign your name on a piece of paper and do it. And, you know, I have balls enough to do that shit, so it's it's one of those things, right? But absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Most people just 100% in America believe in fucking Israel. And Israel is the excuse that they need to get into a lot of wars and violent situations. Uh, to use this as excuses for fear-mongering and rattling. And as well, also to justify their aggression and their oppressions on these economies. Um, which was carried out by the CIA. For example, Iran became a sponsor of terror. And the major terroristic nation... And was seen in such an Islamic phobia, extremist representation, completely out of nowhere in the 70s. In the 70s, or in the 80s, after Carter, right? Iran was considered the most progressive, most successful, longest-running dynasty. The Persian Empire, the Persian Farsi culture, the Yazidis, um, of the, the Safazaris, the... Uh, like, it's, it's just ridiculous that they we went full Ayatollah Khomeini. Like, oh, no, it's Ayatollah Khomeini. They don't let the women, you know, read books. And it's like, 
We were the biggest allies with Iran. We controlled the Shah of Iran. We had the CIA. That's why the embassy was so big. That's why when they when they rebelled, they controlled the embassy. It was a sign uh, of rebelling against the Judaization and the Westernization of societies and stuff. But then we immediately say, oh, they're terrorists. They've always been terrorists. That's why they hate us. They hate our freedoms and shit. And if you decide with us or the terrorists, we don't even see our own guilt. We don't see that there's justifiable anger. We don't see that that was a completely like a freedom fighter, American revolutionary type thing to do, right? We don't, we, we're very hypocritical about that. We love our own revolution, but we hate everyone else's revolutions. We think that that's, like, there's no justification for violence, even though we're, our country was literally born out of it ideologically. Well, that being said, um, as the Zionism is attacking Gaza, as, as everything is happening in Gaza, the Jews in Israel are committing their genocides, they're lying, they're pushing for the support of their illegal occupation and racist apartheid state of Palestine, uh, trying to rewrite history, trying to um, paint themselves as victims while they do all of the murder and all of the killing and all the violence with their high technology and Western supplied weaponry and JDAMs and you know jets and all that. Um, you're going to start seeing a bigger push to this anti-Muslim sentiment. Already, you're seeing that in the news with Greg Pack, with 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 Greg Shabbat, and uh, you're going to see more of that with the law, the anti-Israel boycott law, which is a terroristic action against Muslims. But you're going to see more discrimination against Muslim populations, more open hostility, more paranoia, um, disregarding the fact of their success and of their longevity. In Texas, and disregarding the fact that domestic terrorism from Americans and from white Americans is still predominantly the greatest threat to Americans in terms of terrorism, right? And I will get into that with these articles. Let me first read about the domestic terrorism so that you guys know that what I'm saying is true. This is the Tyler Poison Gas Plot, everybody. The Tyler Poison Gas Plot was an American domestic terrorism plan in Tyler, Texas, which was thwarted by authorities in April 2003, with the arrest of three individuals and the seizure of a cyanide gas bomb along with a large arsenal. Authorities had been investigating the white supremacist conspirators for several years, and the case received a little media coverage and limited attention in public from the government. The conspirators were three individuals with links to white supremacist and anti-government groups. They were William Joseph Krar, born 1940, originally from Connecticut, from Groffstown, New Hampshire. Judith L. Bruin, Carr's common-law wife. Edward S. Feltus of Oldbridge, New Jersey, an employee of Monmouth County Department of Human Resources. Felton was a member of the New Jersey Militia. Crow was alleged to have made his living traveling across the country selling bomb components and other weapons to violent underground anti-government groups. After leaving community college, he moved to New Hampshire and first opened a restaurant and then in 1984 began selling weapons without a license under the name International Development Corporation, or IDC. His father was a gunsmith. He was convicted and fined for impersonating a police officer in 1985. 
He worked for a building supply company and often traveled to Central America, though not on company business, until the company closed in 1988, when he stopped filing tax returns for IDC. He met Brewery in 1989. Federal authorities had been observing Krar since at least 1995, when ATF agents investigated a possible plot to bomb government buildings, but Krar was not charged. In June of 2011, or 2001, sorry, police investigation, a fire at Krar's Goffstown storage facility found guns and ammunition, but was persuaded this was legitimate as part of his business. Since the September 11 attacks, their attention was focused on Middle Eastern terrorist activities. They were only alerted to Carr's recent activities by accident when he mailed a package of counterfeit birth certificates from North Dakota, Vermont, and West Virginia, along with United Nations Multinational Force and Observer Defense Intelligence Agency IDs, which were legit to the wrong address in January of 2002. The package was mistakenly delivered to a Staten Island man who alerted police. In August 2002, FBI investigators spoke to Feltis who admitted to being in a militia and to storing weapons. In January of 2003, a Nashville state trooper stopped Krar in routine traffic stop and found drugs, chemicals, false IDs, and weapons in the car. Krar was arrested and the FBI was alerted. Krar was bailed out and in one month later, an FBI lab report that white powder found in the car was actually sodium cyanide. An arrest warrant was issued for Krar. In April 2003, investigators found weapons, pure sodium cyanide, and white supremacist material in storage facility in Noonday, Texas, rented by Krar and Brewery. More weapons were found at their Tyler, Texas home. The weapons included at least 100 other conventional bombs, including briefcase bombs and pipe bombs, machine guns, an assault rifle, an unregistered silencer, 500,000 rounds of ammunition, and a chemical stockpile seized, including sodium cyanide, hydrochloric acid, nitric acid, and acetic acid. The cyanide was in a device with acid that would trigger its release in a gas bomb. This, if you may be forgiven for never hearing about, even if you are a scholar in terms of national history, Texas history, especially that regarding terrorism, because it's in a very obscure case. In fact, no mainstream publication ever published anything about this case. And no leader of America at the time, an elected leader, ever officially made a comment on it. Surprising, right? Because it was white people from the fucking East Coast. It was white people, not Muslims, not the Middle Eastern people, but white people of professional and motivated extent operating in extremist anti-government revolutionary groups and dealing in high explosives, chemical 
and acid weapons, as well as manufacture of poisons and drugs. It's a very sophisticated operation. These are very intelligent people who are very dangerous people. And they were only caught by accident when the delivery of forged passports and real stolen United Nations IDs were mailed to the wrong address. Clearly, he was so the person was so comfortable doing this business and had been doing so so successfully that human error occurred mistakes are made but paul krugman writing for the new york times noted how john ashcroft and the us justice department at the time gave no comment or press release about the case in contrast to the other foiled plots of international terrorism. Krugman's piece was noted in Congress by John Conyers. The Christian Science Monitor noted in December 2003 there have been two government press releases and a handful of local stories, but no press conference and no coverage in the national newspaper. That's right. There have been two government press releases and a handful of local stories, but no press conference and no coverage on the national level. It's absolutely forgiven if you haven't heard of the Tyler poison terror attack, right? But what you do hear about, if you Google, just simply Google, Texas terrorism... You have article after article about Islamic extremism. You do. Here's a few. Texas terror and the foreign-born terrorist threat. Iranian encounters confirmed on the Texas border, says DPS director. Concerns rise as Border Patrol apprehends two Iranians crossing into Texas. Warning, terrorist attack on Texas border imminent. Islamic terror threat clear and present danger in Texas and the Mexican border. And you can search that up yourselves, read all these articles, but I'll read a few. And remember, remember the backdrop of what I said, not changing anything about what I said. About how there's 500,000 mostly model, perfectly civil, model minority Muslims on the official census having filled out their faith being Islam in Texas. Compared to the 175,000 official Jews, which I said they're not guilty of this either. No one says that they support Zionism or Israel, but that democratically the majority is Islamic compared to the minority. But the articles and the overall sentiment by the Texas government 
and the Texas media, as well as national media, is fear-mongering and painting the Muslims as the enemy, given the current weakness of the Zionist government and their need for international support, support which they already officially have in Texas due to Greg Shabbat, Ken Paxton, Dan Crenshaw, and other Zionist-occupied government leaders in Texas. This is from 2014. 2014. Islamic terror threat clear and present danger at Texas. On the Mexico border. The recent increase in security at a key army base near a Mexican border city where Islamic terrorists are confirmed to be operating and planning attack on the United States indicates that the facility is targeted, according to a senior military expert contacted by Judicial Watch. Last week, Judicial Watch reported that a militant group, Islamic State of Iraq and Greater Syria, ISIS, is working in the Mexican border city of Suadad Haraz and planning to attack the United States with car bombs and other vehicle-borne improvised explosive vehicles. VBIEDs, high-level federal law enforcement, military intelligence, and other sources confirmed to Judicial Watch that a warning bulletin for an imminent terrorist attack on the border has been issued. Agents across a number of Homeland Security, Justice, and Defense agencies have all been placed on alert and instructed to aggressively work all possible leads and sources concerning this imminent terrorist threat. Juarez is a famously crime-infested narcotics hotbed situated across from El Paso, Texas. Fort Bliss is the Army's second-largest installation spanning more than 1 million acres with an active-duty force of 34,411 enlisted personnel and headquartered in El Paso. Two days after the judicial watch broke the story on ISIS operating in Juarez, Fort Bliss announced it was increasing security measures. A statement that went out to the media was rather vague, attributed to the move to several recent security assessments and the constant concern for safety of military members, families, and employees and civilians. By senior military officials contracted by the Judicial Watch this week revealed that military installations in the U.S. only make changes to security measures when they are clear and present threats. Given how easy it is to cross the border, terrorists can easily cross it, Lieutenant General Boykin said. We've known for some time that terrorist elements have entered the U.S. through Mexico. There is nothing new. Actually, Islamic terrorists are likely planning multiple attacks across the Texas border, including perhaps malls and power grids, according to Major General Valley, who assures these cells are quite sophisticated. They are well-organized and well-funded, he said. And that is the end of the article from Judicial Watch. And it it's now, it's like, yeah, now leaving the article. It's from Judicial Watch, though. Judicialwatch.org. ISIS in El Paso, Fort Bliss, in danger of terrorist attack. All right? Did that ever happen? Did you live through 2014? Do you remember back then? Are you guys, are you guys smarter than goldfish? Do you actually have a working memory? Uh, and can have a brain in your head stuff? Can you actually have processed thoughts and collected information? And call it back if you just thought about it for a second. Because you you remember in 2014, you know, I don't remember ISIS attacks. I don't I don't remember 
ISIS people, ISIS terrorists invading during the Obama administration. I remember Obama blowing the fuck up a bunch of children and and increasing operations in Yemen. I remember um, Obama blowing up a fucking lot of kids in Afghanistan. I remember Obama blowing up a lot of kids in fucking Iraq. I remember ISIS and you know being controlled and, and created by the SAS and Israel Special Intelligence Service, ISIS, and the CIA as a paramilitary organization of uh, moderate extremists and you know John McCain photo opt with like uh, you know Al Baghdadi, the leader of ISIS and shit. I remember that. I remember that they were uh, taking over Mosul and selling Christian Yazidi girls into sexual slavery. I remember that. I remember that they didn't attack Israel because they officially said that they, they supported Israel because of the Old Testament and the, and the Quran. I remember that. Do you? Do you do, or do you remember ISIS having training camps in Mexico? <laughs> Um, I know a lot of Mexicans. I, 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 I live in Texas, live in South Texas specifically. I don't think there were a lot of ISIS camps in South Texas. I don't think there were a lot of ISIS invasions in South Texas. I don't remember that. I don't remember anyone talking about that. I don't remember that ever being in the local news. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone in Mexico was ever talking about ISIS camps that were in their country or ISIS at all active in Mexico. You know, I don't think that, uh, a single person in Mexico ever reported an ISIS training camp in the territory of their country or any of the border states like Chihuahua. You know? <laughs> or anything like that. I think that that was all made up. I think that was a 100% bullshit. And I think that that's been going on for fucking 10 years. And I think enough's enough. Here's another article, right? I was like, we're just we're just starting to like pick these at random. This is from the GOP. Right? This is from the GOP's blog. Right? So Republican Party of Texas. Right? GOP of Texas. Texas terrorist groups on the border. There long have been reports of... Oh, sorry, this is from 2017. So terrorist Texas groups on the border from GOP of Texas, their official blog, March 28, 2017. There have long been reports of activity by Islamic terrorists just across the border from Texas and Mexico. That ISIS was setting up training camps in the region and the Muslim terrorists were infiltrating the U.S. through that region. Now the state of Texas is issuing alarms about the very issue in its new Texas Public Safety Threat Overview, released just this month. Noting that the state faces a full spectrum of terror threats, especially due to the recent actions of lone offenders or small groups affiliated with or inspired by the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, ISIS, and other foreign terrorist organizations, we assess that the current terrorism threat to Texas is elevated, the report states. We are especially concerned that the potential for terrorist groups to infiltrate across the U.S.-Mexico border, particularly as foreign terrorist fighters depart Syria and Iraq and enter global migration flows. This was six years ago, and they're saying the same fucking thing 
in the news today. We deserve better psyops. We really fucking do. And it's weird to pay attention even for a second. Because what people forget is that they hear the same message so often. They forget there is no new message at all. And repetition is the first and most important step to hypnosis. It's the easiest way to brainwash someone. It's with repetition. And there have literally been no new talking points in the Zionist-occupied government of Texas for over a decade. Except for terrorist groups across the Mexican border, scary bad Muslims. Muslims bad, Israel good. Don't question... Don't question anything about the national uh, order of things, status quo, why this is happening, political context, anything about that. Don't question why Texas is 100% officially loyal to the foreign Zionist state of Israel and 100% at war with all Muslims including the 500,000 lawful model citizens of its own state. And don't question why even after 10 years of fear porn and doom prophecy of a imminent terrorist threat to South Texas across or Texas at large from radical Islamic terrorists in either ISIS or Al-Qaeda or whatever, that it's never happened. It's never, ever fucking happened. Except for once, which I'll get into. Except for once, and it's fucking hilarious, ISIS, I guess, officially did attack uh, Texas. I will, I will actually stop myself there. I forgot. That's the punchline to this joke, is that there has been one official ISIS attack at least in um in in Texas history and that happened in Corpus Christi and that happened at the Naval Air Station where uh it, it was even officially published in like the defense magazines and publications and blogs and stuff that it was an ISIS identified shooter at the very least you know an ISIS someone who was just fucking crazy and shouted Allah Akbar and had ISIS like you know YouTube videos on their browser or something but uh, that did happen once in Texas in the worst false flag of all fucking time. And I'll be reading that right before the end of the second hour. Right before the end of the episode. So, yeah. In this article, in this one, this little brief article from 2023, like I said, we haven't heard anything new for the last 10 fucking years when it comes to the fear mong. I don't say last 20 years because I'm pretty sure they were talking that shit since 2011. Hell, I'm pretty sure that they were talking that shit when the Cold War was existing. What, they think that communists were going to come over from fucking Mexico and, like, take over Texas Red Dawn style? Like, that's something I really would like to research. How fucking long has this PSYOP been going on? It's probably been going on since longer than I was born. 
Uh, they always thought somebody was going to come over the border, as I've already mentioned, the Comancherius uh, psycho, psycho scar of trauma was going to come over the border and just attack the shit out of them. And that they always have to be on guard and always have to have weapons and like a lot of, you know, military personnel and security forces at the border because of what happened 200 years ago. Because the Comanches one day did show up over the border and attack the fuck out of them and kill settlers, take people slave, uh, mutilate a lot of women, you know, kill children. Like it was... To the point that they'll never, ever allow themselves to be invaded again. Texas will never allow itself to be invaded again. Even though it has no enemies. And even though its enemies are completely fabrications of inventions of Zionist-occupied foreign governments. And complete tyrannies of minorities. And, and like the tyranny of the minority in complete undemocratic fashion. Completely fucking lunacy, right? So concerns rise as Border Patrol apprehends Iranians crossing into Texas. Four Iranians have been apprehended in Texas since the beginning of the month, raising concerns about national security. U.S. Customs and Border Protection CBP sources have reported that one Iranian man in his 40s was taken into custody Sunday morning in Eagle Pass, Texas, after illegally crossing the southern border. The individual voluntarily surrendered to Border Protection agents across uh, across the lines, and three other Iranians have also been apprehended and considered special interest aliens due to their countries being identified by the U.S. government as potential threats to national security. The CBP's recent apprehension follows similar incidents, including the apprehension of two Lebanese nationals in Eagle Pass, who were also considered special interest aliens. Additionally, in the Rio Grande Valley sector, 19 Iranians and 17 Syrians have been apprehended since Monday. Remember, three million people have come across the border in one year. Three million people have come across the border in one year. And they have caught 19 Iranians and 17 Syrians and like uh, like five other people. These apprehensions raise concerns about potential terrorist activities, particularly in light of recent events such as the invasion of Israel by Hamas-led terrorists. Exactly what I said. The State Department has designated both Hezbollah and Hamas as terrorist organizations, with Iran providing support and funding these organizations. Lebanon, where Hezbollah is based, shares a border with Israel. So because of the pressures that Israel is guilty of creating for themselves, and the hostilities which are justified by the Muslim population against this illegal, Zionist, murderous occupation, racist apartheid terror state, that Texas has to persecute and be paranoid about backlash against its Zionist-occupied masters' enemies when they are found crossing into our state for our citizenship. Based on, you know, ultimately the same fucking Zionist New World Order-occupied campaign to flood our state with intentional chaotic elements, including the unwanted criminal populations of nations like Venezuela, Iran, and Lebanon, who are impoverished, war-ravaged, and generally uh, considered, uh, you know, rogue, rogue or third world, right? 
So while National Security Councils has stated that Iran has broad complicity in supporting Hamas, there is currently no evidence suggesting Iran's direct involvement in the planning, resourcing, or training of the Hamas' recent attacks against Israel. However, Department of Homeland Security's threat assessment warns that individuals with terrorism connections may exploit the elevated flow of migrants and the complex security environment at the border to enter through Texas. The apprehensions of Iranians and other individuals from countries identified as potential threats highlight the need for enhanced vetting and questioning of special interest aliens entering the country. The CBP and other security agencies continue to monitor the situation closely to ensure the safety and security of the United States. Right? And this is uh, no doubt, this is 2023, October 15th, right? So this is a very recent article. Um... And with the Iranian uh, border patrol, and this is, you can read articles from The Nation, Terror in Texas, right? Um, you know, and that's a very good article in itself. Um, may make this episode a little bit longer just to conclude everything. Um, kind of put that in perspective. This is very good at the end of it. Put that in perspective. But yeah, um, same talking points, same far-right talking points, same racist, Zionist, uh, you know, paranoid, almost delusions about a foreign Islamic terror based on the violence uh, either situated against Israel, caused by the violence situated against Palestine, right, and its neighbors, Lebanon and, and Iran. That's all it is. That's the terror debate. That's the terror storm in Texas. Alex Jones, the Governor Greg Abbott, the Department of Homeland Security, all of them have been calling on this shit. Uh, before that, it was Rick Perry. Um, you have Bill McRaven in the University of Texas. You have the CIA, the Bush schools, and Texas A&M University, uh, the, two, the two twins of academia and intelligence. You have them both uh, basically beating their chest, creating think tanks, working for this anti-Islamic foundation based on their loyalty and support of Israel, right? The more stressed out Israel is, the more stressed out Texas is going to be, the more paranoid. They want that loose. They want that support in the form of funding and money and like just basically moral support for their and ignoring their war crimes ignoring their persecutions of the muslim population this is going to come to head with protests this is going to come to head with the new populations being brought in the refugees who will not see eye to eye with either but we'll try to it'll just be you know fucking a matter of time before people start realizing how undemocratic this is and I mean, yes, they've taken us all for a ride population-wise, support-wise, especially the leadership-wise, but such a small minority and the tyranny of such a small minority, given the recent situations, like this is the article from 2023, will face itself finding uh, more and more political enemies and more and more communities that are hostile towards this legislation and towards this official policy, hopefully seeing a democratic earthquake, basically, where the old guard of Zionist-occupied political leaders begin to lose elections based on their far-right, neocon, 
obsolete support of Israel and their discriminations and persecutions against the overwhelmingly model minority citizens of the Muslim Texas definition. But here is one false flag that they've already tried and I guess got away with, but no one cared. Because out of 30 million, demographically, this represents nothing. Represents no one. And the obscurity cannot be underestimated. It really can't. Hold on a second. It... Let me just pull up this article. FBI says Texas Naval Base shooting is terrorism related. That's why I said there's been one official case of Islamic State of Iraq and Syria attacking Texas. There has been one official ISIS attack on Texas soil. And come one, come all, sit down, Ken. Again, sit down by the campfire, Ken. I'll tell you all, youngins, about the, the time ISIS attacked the Naval Air Station in Corpus Christi in 2020. I know the ancient world of 2020, no one's even alive from back then. But I will tell you this ancient tale of Corpus Christi history in 2020. In May 21st, 2020, how ISIS attacked the Naval Air Station. <laughs> Corpus Christi Naval Air Station. So FBI says Texas naval base shooting is terrorism related. And by the way, you can look this up on Wikipedia. There's nothing about it. If you look up terrorist attacks in Texas, it's not on the list. So yeah, a shooting at a Texas naval air station that wounded a sailor and left the gunman dead early Thursday is being investigated as terrorism related, the FBI said, but divulged few details as to why. The suspect is identified as Adam Alsala of Corpus Christi, Texas, according to three officials familiar with the investigation who were not authorized to speak publicly and spoke to the Associated Press on condition of anonymity. At about 6.15 a.m., the gunman tried to speed through a security gate at Naval Air Station Corpus Christi, opening fire and wounding the sailor. A member of base security, U.S. officials told the AP, but she was able to roll over and hit the switch that raised a barrier, preventing this man from getting into the base, the officials said. Other security personnel were shot and killed the man. There was an initial concern that he may have had an explosive device on him or in his vehicle, but Navy experts swept the area and the car and found nothing. The officials spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss details about an ongoing investigation, Officials were still working to process the crime scene late into the day and had recovered some type of electronic media. Later, federal agents were seen carrying items from inside a house that a Corpus Christi Police Tactical Unit had surrounded and a public record search by local television station KRS indicated that Asala's last known address. A police spokesman would not confirm that the activity was related to the shooting at the Naval Station. The base was on lockdown for about five hours afterwards and was lifted shortly before noon. The main gate was reopened, though the gate where the incident occurred was still shut down. 
FBI Supervisory Senior Residence Agent Leah Graves said at a news conference that investigators are working to determine whether a second person of interest was at large, but did not elaborate. She was also would not discuss a potential motive or specify what led investigators to believe the shooting was related to terrorism. We have determined that the incident this morning at the Naval Air Station Corpus Christi is terrorism-related, Greaves said. We are working diligently with our state, local, and federal partners on this investigation, which is fluid and evolving. The FBI's field office in Houston is taking the lead on the investigation, and neither investigators nor the Navy provided details on the shooter or possible motive. Attorney General William Barr has also been briefed, a Justice Department spokeswoman said. The injured sailor was discharged from a hospital where she was treated for minor injuries, according to a statement from the command. The air station is surrounded by water on three sides and is home to naval pilot training since 1941, according to its website. Marine Corps, Navy, U.S. Coast Guard student pilots all train there. It's also home to Corpus Christi Army Depot, a depot for the Department of Defense's rotary wing aircraft. The station had a similar lockdown last December in another incident at the base last year. A man pleaded guilty to destruction of U.S. government property in possession of a stolen firearm and for ramming his truck into a barricade at the Corpus Christi Air Station. The shooting also comes months after a Saudi Air Force officer who was training at a Navy base in Pensacola, Florida, killed three U.S. sailors and wounded eight other people in a shooting that American officials described as an act of foreign terrorism. The country's top federal law enforcement official said this week that the gunman in December's attack, Mohammed Sayed al-Sarame, had been in touch with al-Qaeda operatives about planning and tactics in the months before the shooting. Al-Sarame was killed by a sheriff's deputy on the scene. According to U.S. officials, unlike Pensacola, there are no international or foreign national students at the Texas base. The military put a number of new safety procedures in place after the Pensacola shooting to restrict and better screen international students. End of article. So yeah, actual official government-recognized ISIS attack in Corpus Christi. This other article is also really cool about it. These are just little facts and trivias about terrorism in Texas, so... Updated. FBI says NAS Corpus Christi gun battle is terrorism-related. Second person of interest, officially at large. The FBI is investigating an early morning shooting at a Texas Naval Air Station as an act of terrorism and searching for a second person of interest related to the incident the agency announced on Thursday. We have determined that the incident this morning at a Naval Air Station Corpus Christi is terrorism-related. We are working diligently with our state, local, and federal partners on this investigation, which is fluid and evolving. The subject is deceased. The scene is still being processed. Supervisory Senior Resident Agent Leah Greaves said on a brief statement, we, ha- we may have a second related person of interest at large in the community, but we could encourage the public to remain calm. Earlier on Thursday, a U.S. official confirmed to the USNI News the authorities believed a Navy security team killed an Arab male in a gun battle at the gate at the base. The official did not have any additional details on the identity of the shooter beyond apparent ethnicity. 
An FBI spokeswoman did not provide additional details when, contact, when contacted by the USNI News earlier on Thursday. Greaves did not provide any additional details on the shooter other than confirming that he had been killed. Navy security forces responded to an active shooter at the NAS Corpus Christi at about 7.15 a.m., resulting in the injury to the NSF sailor. The shooter was killed by the NSF team, the official told USNI News. One sailor attached to NAS Corpus Christi Navy security forces sustained minor injuries and was released from a local hospital, the Navy said on Thursday afternoon. The installation has reopened with traffic flowing through the south gate. The north gate remains closed. Corpus Christi police said the incident took place at the, one of the air station's gates. An amateur video of the shooting published by KII News, about two dozen shots of small arms fire can be heard around the north gate of the air station. Corpus Christi law enforcement was alerted to an active shooter on base at Naval Air Station Corpus Christi during the morning commute. Based on video released, cars were lined up waiting to enter the base through the base's north gate when the shooting occurred. Naval Air Station Corpus Christi is home to four squadrons of training, Air Wing 4, which uses TRUA field on base and outlying airfields, Navy Marine Corps, Coast Guard, and Forward Students pilots train on the base. Naval Air Station Corpus Christi also houses Corpus Christi Army depots, which serve as the primary maintenance depot for Department of Defense Rotary Wing aircraft. The U.S. Customs and Border Patrol Services also operate from Naval Air Station Corpus Christi. The shooting comes days after the Eternal General William Barr linked the NAS Pensacola, Florida shooter that killed three sailors in December to terror organizations Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. With two iPhones belonging to Royal Saudi Arabian Air Force 2nd Lieutenant Ahmed Mohammed Al-Sarami, a foreign military student assigned to the base, contained messages that the FBI said linked him to the Al-Qaeda of the Arab Peninsula group. Barr called the December shooting an act of terrorism. Years later, or last year, the NSF fatally shot Daniel King after he drove a stolen sport utility vehicle onto the NAS Corpus Christi through an exit, according to KRS 6 News in Corpus Christi. At the time, Navy investigators and local law enforcement officers did not have a motive for the King's actions, but may reopen the case investigating possible terrorist links. Very interesting. False flag. That's so obvious. It glows so fucking bright. You can see it from space. Here is the audio of the ISIS attack. And in the uh, in the video, 
it's important to note what you can see. Not only can you hear the gunshots, I know this is only an audio uh, medium and everything, but there's no one rushing away. The person recording is in their car. They don't even act scared. They're not shaking. It looks as if, though, they're trying just to get the best shot possible while also capturing nothing. Not one of the cars in the line hits reverse or puts the car in reverse because you can tell that there are white lights on the back of vehicles when you put the car in reverse or put a truck in reverse there are white lights that appear letting know people behind you know you're backing up there are no white lights in any of the vehicles so that means that no one even tried to reverse like let alone like just put it in gear and looked back and they realized they couldn't no one's getting out and running away from their vehicle um you know no one's no one's like you know causing any kind of movement at all everyone's just staying perfectly still and watching as the shooting is occurring uh, across the guard gate, right? So it's absolutely a false flag, in my opinion. It's absolutely the fact that no one was hurt, the fact uh, besides the killer, so that there's no witnesses now, and the, the other mysterious person was on the loose. All of an attempt to try to create these false flag uh, terror attacks, which occur all the time, as well as maybe even shift the blame and take advantage of a situation that could have been something like a disgruntled for former employee or uh, a sailor that snapped and created a shooting and instead of taking the bad press for that they uh, during a time of monumental crisis when it comes to uh, enlistment and human resources etc those factors in the US military like any other company like any other corporation are huge and if you had an employee uh, come to work and shoot their co-workers in a, you know, a, a, a mass shooting like that, that looks like fucking, that looks terrible on you compared to a foreign terrorist attack. Oh, it was a ISIS sympathizer or an Arabic male and, you know, not a U.S. Navy sailor who may have been discharged or was disgruntled or maybe a recruit, I can't, uh, a recruit that was kicked out of boot camp even or kicked out of the service, um, you know, that was disgruntled, that was obsessed, that took out their rage. Instead of having it that a domestic act of terror, which this is a domestic act of terror, Alan Alasami is a Corpus Christi native and he was living in Corpus Christi, that this was all part of some kind of false flag bullshit that they're blaming ISIS for having done because it was just the topic of the time. Um, there have been other uh, like uh, attempts at creating terrorist false flags in Texas uh, with various groups, white supremacist groups, more, most often. Um, because that's what's popular. That's what people can latch on to in terms of tragedies. In terms of uh, understanding violence. While at the same time, that's completely at odds with putting the blame internally on the failures of the workplace and the failures of capitalism and the failures of the bureaucratic police state that Texas truly is. And it's massive Orwellian um, levels of, of wealthism and, and aristocracy based on land 
that is generally generationally insurmountable, as well as absolutely um, psychologically dehumanizing to everyone who has to live in it, right? So, which is also artificial, but yeah, we'll read about it. Yeah, this article, which I also pulled up, doesn't have necessarily to do with exactly with what we were talking about, but is more relevant metaphysically, intelligently, for the thinking man. And I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this after two hours, you're a thinking man. You're, you're someone who's thinking, who likes to think actively and critically about these issues, right? So this is your reward for listening so long into the podcast. From April 24th, 2013, The Nation, Terror in Texas. There ought to be a response to violence besides callous indifference and total social warfare by Richard Kim. I can't agree more. This is a 100% on message for anyone who just thinks intelligently about these things on a humanitarian level. Ask yourself this. Do you know the name of any one of the people killed in the West Chemical Fertilizer Company disaster? Do you know how many of them there were? Their ages, aspirations, what they look like, whether they left behind children, or what message they last posted on Facebook? Do you know what the cause of the explosion was? Or if investigators are still searching for an explanation? You probably don't know the answer to any of these questions, and I didn't know either until I started writing this. I didn't know that officials have confirmed 14 deaths, 12 of whom were first responders. I didn't know the name Jerry Chapman, who is 26, who volunteered with the Abbott Fire Company, and who, according to his girlfriend, Gina Rodriguez, was training to be an EMT. I didn't know the name Cody Dragu, 50, who was both an employee of the fertilizer plant and a West firefighter. The town has an all-volunteer fire force. And I never heard West firefighter Morris Bridges, 41, who had lived just a few doors down from the facility and whose 18-year-old son, Britt Bridges, stood in the yard as the blast that killed his father blew out his windows of their home. I do know, however, the names and faces of Sean Collier, Crystal Campbell, Martin Richard, and Lou Lindsay. I know that Sean, 26, had been on the MIT police force for a little more than a year when he was allegedly shot by Tamerlane and Zoker Zornev, that Lou was a Chinese national studying at Boston University, and Crystal was a regular Boston Marathon watcher, and that Martin was just eight years old and had recently made a sign that read, No More Hoarding People, Peace. I've seen the photo of him holding, with obvious pride and joy, those words drawn on a sheet of blue construction people, construction paper more than a dozen times I can't get away from it on Facebook and when it shows up on my feed I can't look away what separates these two groups of victims from each other surely not innocents for they were all innocent and deserve to be mourned and yet the blunt and awful truth of that as a nation we pay orders of magnitude more attention to the victims of terrorism than we do to the more than 4,500 Americans Killed each year while on the job. As former Secretary Labor Hilda Solis once put it, every day in America, 12 people go to work and never come home. Very little is ever said in public about the vast majority of these violent and unnecessary deaths. 
And even when a spectacular tragedy manages to capture our collective attention, as the West explosion briefly did, and as the upper big branch mine disaster did three years before, it is unconceivable that in such an event would be considered a permanent emergency of world historic proportions. Let's imagine that they were, as all, many already considered the Boston Marathon bombing to be, Let's imagine that instead of sending a handful of investigators from the ATF and Chemical Safety Board to West Texas, we marshaled every local, state, and federal resource available to discover the exact sequence of events that led to the explosion. Let's imagine that a single question, why, became so urgent that the nation simply could not rest until it had overdetermined the answer. We discovered that the plant had recently been storing 270 tons of ammonium nitrate, which is 1,350 times the amount required to trigger Department of Homeland Security oversight, but that the plant had failed to report its holdings to the agency. We find that the plant had violated at least six different federal and state regulations over the past decade, paying minimal fines, and that OSHA hadn't inspected the facility since 1985. Did this loose regulatory regime play a role in the disaster? If we conclude the safety violations led to the explosion, we might find the company that owns the plant, Adair Grain, negligent and culpable. But would we ascribe an ideology to these actions? If so, which ideology would we indict? Deregulation? Austerity? Capitalism? Would we write headlines that say officials seek motive in Texas fertilizer explosions? And could we name profit as the motive in the same way that we may say Islam is the motive for terrorism? Would we arrest the plant's owners, deny them Miranda rights, and seek to try them in extra-legal tribunals outside of the Constitution as Senator, as Senator Lindsey Graham suggested we do to the U.S. citizen Zarkar Zarnev? Would we call for a ban on the production of ammonium nitrate and the anhydrous ammonia would we say that gaps and loopholes in our nation's agriculture policies were responsible for the tragedy, as Senator Chuck Grassley suggested about immigration in the Boston bombing case? No, we wouldn't. We won't do any of these things because even if the West Fertilizer Plant disaster is ultimately understood as something more than just an accident, it will still be taken as the presumed cost of living in a modern industrialized society. When it comes to terrorism... We have the opposite response. We launch wars against other countries. We suspend the Constitution and create massive state bureaucracies for espionage, covert operations, and assassinations. Since 9-11, it's become a political imperative that our nation must go to any lengths, no matter how extreme, to combat terrorism, even though, like workplace fatalities, terrorism has been, through, has been with us long before globalization lent it a more exotic and threatening province with the Middle East. In our response to the problem of violence, there ought to be a path between callous indifference and total social warfare. And that's why the miserable and absolute failure of gun control legislation in the Senate just two days after the Boston Marathon bombing and the same day after the West Fertilizer Plant explosion was especially galling. Like acts of terrorism, the murderous rampage at Sandy Hook Elementary School precipitated a national crisis. In the wake of that tragedy, our collective grief took a particular shape, the shape of a democracy. 
the deaths of those school children will link to the fate of more than 30,000 victims of gun violence each year. And the impulsiveness to act was channeled through our democratic system, where an overwhelming majority of Americans and a majority of the Senate expressed support for new gun laws which were defeated nonetheless. It's recently become a right-wing talking point that just 4% of Americans think gun control is the most important problem facing the nation today. Implicit in this commentary is the idea that because gun violence isn't seen as the single most urgent issue, it isn't an issue at all. That as workplace fatalities are to a modern economy, so gun violence is to a second amendment. Just a cost we should all get used to. So America, here's your scorecard for the week of April 15th, 2013. Callous Indifference 2, Total Warfare 1. Right? And so, that intelligent talking point has to be understood in the perspective of Texas 10 years afterwards, after this was written, and for the many decades that it existed before, and how the evolution of the trend of terrorism and the subject of terrorism in Texas is to be shaped and to be controlled. Domestic terrorism in Texas gets very little attention Workplace, real, real violence, real ideas of uh, discrimination and um, the tyranny of the minority, the tyranny of the oligarch, the, the rich, the tyranny of the upper class, the tyranny of the uh, politico, the tyranny of the Zog, the Zionist occupied government representative is um, ignored. With all the victims of that power structure, the 500,000 Muslim Texans, for example, who are discriminated against, the many people politically who disagree with Israel, who are ignored, who are literally made into uh, enemies of the state of Texas due to the legislation of the anti-Israel boycott law by the Attorney General, literally made into outlaws, thought criminals, Counterculture criminals, revolutionaries, etc., um, like basically rebels, and, and and treated as such criminals who disagree for any reason, who protest for any reason, the actions of the foreign government of Israel. You know, um, that's ignored. That's just considered the cost of living in a conservative. Society, the, the cost of living in the United States, the cost of living in the Homeland Security post-Patriot Act, post-9-11 world, right? That, yes, in America, Muslims are, will always be suspected of being terrorists. Yes, America's false flag, mainstream media, news machine bullshit will always create false terror attacks to, victim, to victimize American military and homeland security personnel, uh, the Zionist occupied government, basically, and create a villain in the Islamic extremist, the jihadist, the revolutionary, the the Islamic, uh, you know, uh, radical terrorist group, right? ISIS, whatever, right? Even though they made ISIS, but ISIS, for lack of better words, right? The terrorists, Al-Qaeda, right? They made Al-Qaeda too, but Al-Qaeda, right? That that has existed and will always exist because people 
overwhelmingly give their attention and their loosh, their mental powers of creating and reality on a subconscious level, they give that overwhelmingly to whatever their masters feed them through the television and through the mainstream news, etc. Social media, all of it. From the top down, they are fed these messages that create these pro-Israel, pro-Zionist, anti-Islam, anti-Muslim propaganda pieces in connection with the big state, deep state, security state, military industrial complex, the Pentagon, the, the CIA boys, the spooks, the glow niggers, all those people. They, Zionists have occupied Texas through members like Alex Jones, like Greg Abbott, like Rick Perry, like the Bushes, like all the elite millionaires, like the people who actually own like a lot of the land, etc. The Zionists completely control this side of the argument. All you see or hear from the top down that requires any kind of funding or money is Zionist propaganda. Typically controlled by Stratfor at this point, known as Strategically Forward Initiatives. The Strategically Forward Initiative Incorporated, Stratfor Inc., controls the think tanks which have created the Zionist-occupied Texas government that we currently see, the Zog government of Texas that we currently see, has infiltrated all of the academic world in Texas, all of the Christian world in Texas, all of the Baptist world, all of the evangelical Protestant world. Their only opposition is the Catholic, Mexican majorities of many populations and the Muslim enclaves that exist. But other than that, they completely control Texas. They control the horizontal and the vertical. They control the mainstream, pro-USA, vanilla, brainwashed goyim. They, they, they control the right-wing, red-pilled, MAGA, Alex Jones-loving, InfoWars-watching, pickup truck-driving, racist, xenophobic, um, you know, alt, alternative, fascist right, or whatever, the white power groups, they control all of them. They control all the prisons. They control all the police. They control all the Freemasons. And there's only 200,000 of them, enough just to, co- just to, to control all the banks, to control all the law forms, all of that good shit. But because there's only 200,000 of them, this is a skeleton crew. So, numbers matter in the real world. This is just a projection. Literally nobody creating all of the noise. With the reality being, you're more likely to die in Texas because your boss kills you through negligence. Or your workplace is dangerous against federal standards because they operate illegally for the almighty dollar for profit. And you are told that this is how life has to happen. This is how life has to work. This is the only way that you can be free. 
that America can be America. This is literally the American way. Is if you live in a state like Texas, where your boss seriously does not give a shit about you or your well-being, does not have to be in and hold into your well, health or your success or your even survival, they could kill you and face no manslaughter charges based on workplace accidents until investigations prove that they were 100% responsible and not you yourself, and not your own uh, incompetence, not your own mistake or misadventure, right? This is the reality of living in Texas. You can be worked. There's not even a legal necessity now to, to mandate a water break for your employees. It's 100% controlled as a slave master economy. With the only oversight being the federal OSHA Operations Safety and Hazards uh, Agency, uh, federal working comp, federal work rights, uh, workman laws, civil rights, etc. But nothing truly regulating workplace environments. No unions, nothing like that. Like, sure, if your boss strikes you at work, that's assault on your person. But you can't then sue them for their company. It's just you have to press charges for assault. There's no nothing that obligates any kind of protection when it comes to you as a craftsman, a careerman, a journeyman, etc. Nothing in Texas. It's 100% fucking hell if you're a working class person. But does anyone in the alt-right give a shit about that? No. Does anyone in the political class give a shit about that? No. Does anyone in the police class give a shit about that? No. Does anyone in the federal government give a shit about that? No. Does anyone in the Zionist-occupied government or their lawyers or their advocates give a shit about that? No. You know what they give a shit about? Borders and border patrol and, and getting more money for their base security and for their SWAT teams, and for their special operators and, uh, operations, and for their bureaucrats, and for their fusion centers, and for their uh, spy networks, and for their undercover cops, and for their uh, prison system, and for their uh, bullshit, yada, 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 yada. And it goes through the whole state. You know, they can use the justification of Islamic terrorism... To do everything from get government grants to to federally loans to to building like say new like FBI offices etc. Every decade, and every decade they just have to keep repeating the same bullshit, acting out a few false flags, putting up a few um, you know bullshit talking points about terrorist camps and Iranians and, and Palestinians and fucking ISIS and Arabs and all that and Texans are so fucking stupid Texans are such good Shabbos goy that they don't even question this shit because most of them are old and the others are retarded drug addicted are just fucking like lazy as shit and they've been raised like all Americans, but especially worse than Americans, to never look outside their own frame, framework, their own perspective, and to think everything they do is inherently correct and good. These are our people who don't even suspect that they're being psyoped. That's how deep the psyop is. The Texas psyop is multi-generations of Freemasonic mind control. 
And if it's Freemasonic, it's Kabbalistic, meaning it's Jewish. That's right. It's Jewish sympathy, Israel sympathy, Old Testament King Solomon type uh, indoctrination into an idea of Israel that literally hasn't existed in 2,000 years and which for the Gentiles and the Goyim of Texas will sacrifice their children to die for and they will sure kill for in racist uh, unprovoked attacks against the minority population of Muslims if brought to such a fervor in the future. There's already um, like the kind of specter of anti-Muslim like propaganda and prejudice, but these people don't actually come into contact with them. They don't know them or anything like that. Uh, what could be happening, though, is as Israel suffers more and more and commits more and more acts of violence, they'll crank up the propaganda to 11, and you will start seeing these Republicans, these armchair conservatives, these Baptists, doing mass anti-Muslim protests in massive cities, and that being like a BLM-type uh, situation. Both, on both sides, with Christians who support Israel and Zionists of all stripes, um, you know, Baptists, uh, Methodists, etc., all the Protestant Zionists, like, taking up massive rallies, counter-protests against um, the Muslim populations of Texas, and the Muslim populations of Texas becoming more organized politically, becoming more vocal about the discrimination that they're facing statewide by state legislator and as they start making progress into correcting that course correcting reforming the discriminatory uh, Zionist occupied practices of the Texas legislature and legal system that this becomes an intense talking point of whether or not Texan Texas is being radicalized or Islamicized or um, invaded like Europe was by Islamic sentiment, that more people start converting to Islam away from, say, Catholicism or traditional Protestant religions or atheism, that the more Muslim populations become pronounced in their publicity, in their societies openly, you know, with shopping centers, with their own communities outside of the major urban cities as they start spreading out to the, to the mid-sized and small towns, you know, openly. Um... Yeah, you're going to start seeing things like, um, you know, violence uh, against groups, um, you know, unwarranted racism, public shit like that. It just It's going to be, it's not going to be like, oh, it's a total fucking chaotic mess, but it's going to be intentional. And it's going to be intentionally used to further divide and exploit people by these dark psyop operators in Stratford and the Israeli government that operates as a foreign-occupied terrorist state um, in Palestine that operates as a racist apartheid terrorist state and is going to model, and the Zionist in Texas will model Texas directly after that racist terrorist apartheid state if they can get their way. If they can get their way, and if they're not stopped, Greg Shabbat, Greg Abbott, Governor Greg Abbott, 
Dan Crenshaw, Ted Cruz, all of the Texas neocon Republicans will 100% create a racist, terrorist, apartheid state out of Texas to model themselves after their holy land, the Zionist-occupied, racist, terrorist, apartheid state of Israel. 100% they will do this within the 21st century. They will try to do that within this decade. And Israel will endorse it. Israel will fund it. Israel will promote it as well. Their goal is to create a greater Israel. They failed in the Ukraine. But I highly suspect they are turning their sights into creating a greater Israel to Texas. And they will create a greater Israel across the Atlantic from their place in Cana, in Palestine, after they're kicked out of the Middle East, all the refugees will come to Texas. They'll come to Texas or Florida, and they'll create a greater Israel on the Gulf of Mexico that's equally as racist and terrorist of an apartheid state and as equally Zionist as the current state of Israel is now. But that's for another episode. Thank you all very much for tuning in to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Namaste and salam alaikum. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much. God bless you and your families. Courage. <laughs>